Gary V Audio Experience. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Uh, with these virtual worlds, you really don't know. Uh, thank you so much. Super excited to be here. Uh, honestly, very excited for the Q&A uh, portion of my talk because I think what is interesting about talks is you have to speak in macro because I'm trying to bring as much value to everybody on this conference as possible, which makes it by nature go a little more vanilla. And what Q&A really does is uh, allows you to really go detailed. So uh, I apologize if I cut five minutes short because I'd like to add it to the Q&A to be frank. Uh, let's talk about what's on my mind and as I thought about this talk that would bring you the most value, which is at the end of the day, such an ambitious group of individuals like yourselves, I, I think that, um, I think when we talk about social media and, and I was really excited, I got to catch the last three or four minutes I mean, his green glasses are so consistent. Talk about branding. Big shout out to EQ. Um, I think that uh, I think that when you talk about even even my card that introed me right here, social media specialist. You know, it's funny. I still to this day, with all the things that I am, think of myself as a businessman, even though that term is now entrepreneur. You know, social media just happens to be the current state of the slang term that we use to describe where the attention is of humans on the internet. You know, to me in 15 years, for those of you that see my videos online, um, I'll probably be making content that is making fun of people that can, are still trying to do social media organically. For example, um, a lot of you have written off social media in this room, especially B2B tech companies um, because you've relied on organic reach. And there's always a time and place for organic reach. And let me define organic reach. I'm going right into the meat of the conversation here. It's ironic that this conversation's really a four minute talk that I'm gonna create a lot of color and context for in the other 26 minutes or 21 if I cut it five minutes short. But this is a business conversation. You know, I'm not out here for fun. I'm not out here to be a, an author or a motivational speaker. I'm out here for serious, serious stuff. Like I am super focused on leaving a legacy, um, being happy uh, and, and enjoying my process of building an empire. Uh, I have a very specific focus in mind. When I talk about hard work, you know, AKA hustle, uh, people have manipulated what I've said over the last decade. I think you do hard work when you enjoy it. You know, to me, this is one big game of happiness. And if you're fortunate like I am, and I think if you're in this conference, you, you fall into two groups. You fall into, you are obsessed with the process of building businesses, which is awesome. And that's where I'm at. Or you think this is the thing that will make you the most money because you want to buy a BMW or a yacht or an island. And I think that's a vulnerable state. I think it can lead to short-term financial wins, but I do think there's vulnerabilities and as I observe and watch and live life, so many of my friends, contemporaries, people I am very aware of, burn out, lose, because they're here. They want the stuff, they want the trophy. I just wanna play the game. I love this game. It's so fun. And, um, and so that's how I break down in the macro. And then underneath that, the reason I talk about social media is because regardless of what you're building, especially if you're building it with happiness, you're trying, you know, 
you're looking for results. You're definitely looking for results if you need the trophies to make yourself feel better, aka the money. As a matter of fact, that's what leads you to usually flaming out and losing or giving up on things. And I'll get to that in a minute. But over here, if you just love the game, well, you need to be successful financially sound just so that you can keep playing. You know, I try to run good businesses so I keep playing. Ironically, my businesses are never wildly profitable year by year because I'm pouring all the money back into the business to make it stronger so the next year I can keep playing. And I think a lot of people try to extract and maximize margin so they can take it off the table and buy the boat and the yacht and the island and the Rolex and the suit and sneakers to flex, to show people they're successful instead of feeling successful in their process. So that's where my you know, fluffy mental EQ real stuff comes from content wise. What I'm gonna spend the next 25 minutes, 20 minutes on is kind of the details of the part that makes it work. That is called communication. The way the world works is people think things and then they do things. The way the world works is there are many engines, parents, um, news corporations, politicians, governments, humans, entrepreneurs, uh, friends, lovers, everyone trying to communicate in a way to make the thing that they want to happen, happen. The far majority of people in this room, uh, and when I say this room, I don't mean this conference, I mean earth, grossly underestimate the skill set required and the work and the effort and the seriousness applied to the skill set to communicate. Uh, we live in a world now with the internet where you can use math and analytics and reporting to give you insights. And then you have a lot of characters like me that were born with intuitive understanding of human behavior that will be more at the forefront, lack the fear of getting it wrong or wasting the money, and then are able to create affirmation or one way or the other of, I wanna do more of this, I don't wanna do that again. Let me give you the state of the union of marketing. It is wildly mobile centric. It is incredibly predicated on your ability to produce an ungodly amount of content. I'll get to that in a minute. It is heavily um, reliant on your ability to be strategic in understanding how the platforms work. For many of you, starting a podcast, and I have a good sense of the audience here, starting the podcast, a podcast, versus spending all your time trying to be on podcasts, versus trying to figure out if you should make a content team that creates enormous amounts of content for LinkedIn, versus understanding how to create or be part of Facebook groups versus creating white papers for your industry just for pure value and distributing them on LinkedIn, pre-roll YouTube, search landing page optimization. These are all the strategies and thoughts one has to understand. Being in a place where you understand if you wanna build a personal brand because you're good at it or you like it a whole lot versus realizing you don't have to start a personal brand because nothing in life is mandatory. Um, but they, like other things in life, I don't think kindness is mandatory. I think it's a really good idea for business, let alone life. Recognizing that if you do do it, 
there's upsides that you can't replicate by building the brand or the logo. But I lived the life where I built Wine Library successfully. And then I built Gary B. And I've built Vayner. And I've built Empathy Wines. And I've built Resi. And I've, you know, I, they both work. You don't know Johnny IBM. You, you know Elon Musk and Tesla. And Elon has some upside with that. And by the way, there's people who don't buy Teslas because they don't like Elon. Goes worth both ways. There are no rules, but there are requirements to be thoughtful about what's actually going on. And what's actually going on is the following. 98% of the reason most of you are not spending as much money as humanly possible on social right now is because you haven't gathered the following variable. One, especially for B2B businesses, organic reach is such a marathon, you know, a decade of producing content on LinkedIn organically will get you to the same place that three years of running proper media and creative, spending ad dollars and pictures and videos and written words will get you to. So LinkedIn, ironically, and it's so important to so many of you, is in a a golden era right now where there still is organic reach. There is no organic reach on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook fan pages. You can't just post and miraculously people see it and everyone's sharing it. That just doesn't happen anymore. It can occasionally happen, but you could spend $500,000 on a media, on a creative team for a year as a B2B provider producing pictures for Twitter, listen to the words, for Twitter, you know, Instagram and Facebook with no ads and really see almost no results. You'll get some. But do I think 500,000, well, let's use more realistic terms, 100,000 on two and a half people, that 80% of the people here just doing organic on those three platforms can get almost no results? Yes, I do. It's also why I think a lot of you have given up on it or you hired an outside agency for $5,000 and they made some pictures and videos, happy flag day, first day of fall, did you know, or a sales pitch, a hardcore right hook um, video from you trying to sell your product posted organically on your Twitter account that has 87 followers. That's just not gonna, if a tree falls in the woods and nobody sees it, did it fall? That. So you have this whole world of non-practitioners, many of you getting ripped off because you're working with outside agencies that aren't good at it or didn't have the audacity or clarity or candor or truth to make you realize you needed paid media associated with it. You have a lot of you who are doing your social media yourself and the ROI of a basketball for LeBron James is billions. The ROI of a basketball for me is negative $100,000. I've torn both of my meniscuses. Um, AKA, you're doing the social, but you're not good at it. You might be a good business person, you might be a good service provider in what you do, but you're not a great marketer or digital salesperson. Or what I see every day in companies like the ones that are here, you've hired a head of marketing, sometimes your friend, your relative, and they're not good at it, and you have no idea how to judge it, and you're left confused. This is all happening while, ironically, LinkedIn is in the greatest era of organic reach. So back to the aforementioned Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, where it has no organic reach or very limited, you equally, for the majority of you, are in this golden era that like Facebook was seven years ago, like Twitter was seven years ago, where LinkedIn still has more attention, people going through their LinkedIn, than it has 
people producing content to match the demand side of the quantity side, supply, which means people are getting organic reach. Now, you might be a SaaS company in Detroit focused on Detroit-based businesses, stick with me here. And some of the people that are gonna see the organic reach are going to be people in Ottawa or in Afghanistan or Nigeria or in Seattle, which is why paid ads against C-suite executives in Michigan is probably a better idea for you to spend on top of your content. But the fact that you can still get organic is just remarkable. And if you don't think like a salesperson, but you think like a publisher or a brand and you put out content that's valuable to people with no expectation of them becoming a customer, but realizing that if you put out something valuable, people will become customers. If you have that mindset, an abundance mindset, a giving, not a manipulating mindset, a a focus on you have expertise, a la Wine Library TV, my breakthrough. 2006, YouTube comes along, I'm like, that's something. I'm gonna make videos. I didn't know I was gift for Gab. I didn't know I had Gary B in me. I was Gary Vaynerchuk running this wine store. And, and the lights went on and I was good at it. I made good content, but here's where it blew people away. I made wine videos trying to get people not to buy those wines from a store that sold them. This is super important. I made videos trying to get people not to buy wines if they weren't great from my own store. That made a different relationship with the customer. I became a resource, not a salesperson. All of you, all of you, whether you're B2B or B2C, all of you can level up your business to be a value prop content-wise to people, not a salesperson. When you run that creative against ads, against the targets that you're trying to reach, somebody in procurement, a CFO, CEOs, when you do that, real stuff happens. Real brand is built. Real trust is built. Real relationship is built. It's flirting. It's, it's, built, it's like it's being with somebody in high school for four years, even though you're not best friends, you still have context so that when you both go to the same college, ironically, you're hanging out with that person the first weeks, it becomes your best friend. These are real life dynamics. But the question for everybody in the room is, do you understand how big of an opportunity this is? Because nobody does, including me, it's that big. Do you understand how to make good pictures, videos, and written words for social? The place on that is test and learn. The, the breakthrough for me and for the companies we work with is something we call the volume model. It is a real commitment to quantity while recognizing that quantity on the internet in content form does not take away from quality. That quality is subjective, that quantity is not. If your company puts out 53 pieces of content on LinkedIn per week, that's not a debate. It was 53, that's facts. If you're the boss and you're deciding if you like it, that's subjective. That is, I don't like that video, I do like that picture. That is what stops everybody from succeeding in social media, creative advertising, content marketing. What stops everybody and has hurt all of you is not understanding that paid media and creative have to be together and then you have to look at the data, the quant, shares, likes, how many visits to the website, how many leads, how many people called you because you can put your phone number in there and they can call the office, you can track it create 100 Google Voice numbers and see which ads work better than the others. 
and qualitative. Hey, Rick, really appreciate this video. Just pass this video on to my friend. They need a lawyer. Susan, that was a remarkable insight on healthy food dynamics. Ironically, I'm a food service buyer here at Cisco. I'm gonna be reaching out to you. The human, qual, the comments, and the quant, the math, leads, conversions, CAC, LTV. Intertwining math and art together, making a commitment to letting art hit the day of light and not killing it in the boardroom. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Understanding how your brand is a B2B brand, even in a TikTok landscape, because you make a joke that they kids might find funny to make fun of their dad, sharing it with their dad, bringing brand awareness, or going on Twitter to twitter.com slash search and searching every term about your business and jumping into the conversation like it's a cocktail party at a conference, at a network event, or starting a Facebook group, or starting a podcast each week, talking about your industry, inviting your potential clients on as guests, then filming it, then chopping up the pieces of content and putting them on Instagram and LinkedIn. These are all skills. These are the most important skills in the world for business today because products and services continue to get commoditized with the advancements of technology. But the ability to communicate to people and get them into your sphere and consider doing business with you has become harder because of the supply and demand of information. So services, skills, the product, costs keep going down, more people keep making it, it's becoming more of a commodity on the, because of the internet. On the flip side, getting in front of people, getting harder. Because it's not just TV or print or the local, you know, chamber of commerce or going to the conference. I mean, so many of you spend so much money on trade shows because that's where you get your leads from. Meanwhile, you could be laying in your bed on LinkedIn 365 days a year, getting 10 times more business for the same price that you pay for a booth or a print ad in the B2B magazine. It is 2021 in a few seconds. If you do not understand that social media marketing, paid and media together, is the lifeline, the foundation, the oxygen to your short-term and long-term. Videos that sell people, videos that help them so much they like you for seven years from now, brand and sales. You don't buy Nike because the swoosh follows you around the internet and you give up and you buy it. You buy it because it's subconsciously ingrained in your mind and means something as a brand. Every one of you, and most B2B companies, I'm going heavy B2B because I know there's a lot of B2B in here, but this all rings true for B2C. I spend a a lot of my time in B2C. We're just not getting it. I don't, you know, you can have as many experts on, on this conference. You can have as experts, you know, you can, or actual experts. You know, you have people that have been in a long time, your prior speaker, me, in a long time watching what works, what hasn't worked. You can ask all the questions in the Q&A. This all comes down to being a practitioner. If you are watching this right now and you yourself have never made a picture or video and posted it and ran media against it and saw what happened, you will never be able to judge. And so I am calling 2021 the year of practitionership. It is time for all of you to get your hands dirty. I don't care if you have a $16 million business. You know what's better than 16 million a year? 61 million a year. And one of the most clear ways in my mind to get there is to really understand how to make pictures and videos and written words for the internet 
and how to run the media behind it to get it seen. There are, I mean, there are things like Amazon Fire Stick, OTT, over the top, like Hulu and Netflix ads, where you can target people based on what they bought on Amazon, and you can be a commercial inside the content that people watch on Amazon Fire, 60 million homes watching TV through the Fire Stick route. Literally, think about this. You might be in a B2B business where you know that if people buy this, they're likely potentially your customer. And you can literally target people buying batteries or lighting equipment or a certain computer screen or whatever it might be, or books, and literally have them become potential clients because they're watching Friends on TV and you're popping up as a commercial, whether it's you and it looks more like a local commercial that we're all used to, or whether you make something a little bit more evergreen that looks like a national commercial, your little business can be a national player overnight if you just knew that Amazon Fire Stick had targeting capabilities like I just described. So many of you need to be producing evergreen content about your expertise in podcasts, in LinkedIn form, in a Q&A show form, in just, again, some of you are, sub, are, are conscious of the way you look. And so maybe it's audio for you. Maybe it's little voice memos and you post them out on LinkedIn. The written word. I hate when everyone's like, you gotta do video. You gotta do what works for you. You have to be self-aware around your strengths and your weaknesses. It's important to push yourself, but it's way more important to be self-aware and know where you have upside. So for example, I am a terrible writer, which is funny for a five-time New York Times bestseller, but I'm not good at it but I'm tremendous in talking for 27 straight hours about all my ideas and then working with my team to frame it up in something that is not a run-on sentence in perpetuity, structured so it's consumable. And so I went heavy on video, but then as I was able to afford it, I surrounded myself with writing because people read, go figure. And so written word, if you're right now watching, be like, yeah, but I can't make good videos, I'm not dynamic, great. Are you thoughtful and can write seven paragraphs and post that on LinkedIn with some sort of default picture you found on the internet of like a water glass being emptied out because you're talking about half empty, half full dynamics around technology. You know, get it, get it. This is real, 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 real stuff. And so we are living in the greatest era ever of internet social media marketing. We are at full scale. Everyone's on now. I sell unlimited amounts of stuff for clients to 50 to 90 year olds on Facebook. I'm obsessed with Facebook. If you wanna sell something to 62 year olds and a lot of decision makers for your B2B business are 62, man, Facebook is Nirvana. It's like Super Bowl. But you gotta make 63 different pictures and videos with different copy with $100 media spend to see if it works. Then you pour lighter fluid on it. Oh my God, this works. Put a thousand, it's still working. Put 10,000, still working. Put a hundred thousand, got it? Consumer centric, not you in a boardroom thinking you've got the idea, Eureka, push it down, like television used to be, or direct mail. You know, direct mail, you get one creative app app. You send it, you hope, in the value packs or direct catalog, one app app. You're making subjective calls, intuitive, or maybe based on history, pattern recognition of what to put in the catalog to get people to come in. One app app, one app app. Huge mistake, huge missed opportunity please become a tremendous practitioner of the internet. Please understand that this is all about the creative. So many people focus on the media spending or the analytics. Please don't give up 
I got pieces of content that have changed the course of my career that it was the 12th time I tried to make that piece of content. We changed it up. We changed the preview thumbnail, the headline, the copy, worked and worked and worked and worked. There'll always be something spurring. TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, all new in the last half decade, all major players for under 45 year olds in the world, all didn't exist 10 years ago. TikTok and Snapchat, not even six years ago. TikTok, not even two years ago. And TikTok is now exploding at 35 to 55. So many people here completely dismiss it and I understand why, but flirting with it, just making for it, even if you have something so boring to teenage girls, you might be surprised. And the fact that you tried and tasted it and got some answers will give you learnings. My lack of fear of wasting my time on social media over the last decade is why I will achieve the greatest financial goals of my life. I need you to get over the hurdle. I need you to understand how real this is. I'm not a social media specialist. I'm not a social media advocate. I don't even care about social media. As a matter of fact, and a lot of you that follow me know this, I'm highly private in my personal life. If I wasn't in this business, I'd probably not even have social media accounts. Just like, for everybody that went to high school and college with me knows, had my dad not had a liquor store and I fell in love with the idea of wine, I would not drink alcohol, because I didn't in my teenage and college years. To me, this is not emotional or ideological, I care less. To me, I have one obsession. Where is the attention of every human being on the earth? And how do I get in front of it? And how do I bring them value in when I get in front of them so that it leads to karma opportunities for the things that I might be worried about or interested about or selfish about? Whether that selfishness is to cure Crohn's and colitis because my brother has Crohn's disease, whether that is to get a friend of mine to be the mayor of his or her town, whether that's to sell you all empathy wines or like right now, if you drink wine, please sign up for wine text com wine text. That's right. You get a text every day. I built that for my dad's business. I want to help him. It's the coolest thing I've ever done. All the good things I've done allowed me to speak here today. Now I can say, check out winetext.com. If you're into wine, it is the best place for you to buy wine. And there's my right hook for the value that I brought. This is the dynamics of the world. This is how it's always worked. Your grandmother and grandfather knows, bring value build community, and then when you need something, when you open a general store in Main Street, they come and support you. When your house gets flooded, they come and support you. Bring value to your audience, and then watch it convert into business. The problem is almost everybody's social media doesn't have creative at the forefront. Don't spend media against it to amplify it. They don't do the media spending properly, they just do general, 18 to 35. Or, you know, so they're not good at the media planning and spending, they're not good at the creative. And almost everything they're doing is winetext.com. They're selling, they're not branding. And that is the great mistake of the current state of the industry. And, uh, and I wanna go into the Q&A because now I can go into the details underneath it as you guide me. Thank you. Gary, really good stuff, man. Um, let's talk scaling revenues. Some of our partners are, have just started their agency for the first time this year. Others are looking to scale from 1 million to 5 million, others 5 to 50. What advice would you give to our community of entrepreneurs on scale? The reason I took VaynerMedia from one to 150 million so fast was 100% because of people. Scale only comes in human dynamics. You have to go fast to really scale. When people are worried about Rick in the office being a jerk, they don't go fast. They're spending 50% of their time navigating Rick. So many of you right this second have somebody who's your best salesman or the person you rely on the most 
who's destroying your company because everybody underneath them hates them. Scale, my friend, comes through people, which is why I talk so much about HR. Scale comes through culture and atmosphere. You must eliminate cancer at all costs, even if they are the single driver to your revenue or the single driver to you not having to do something you don't wanna do because you trust them to do that. So many agencies screw up because the person's great to the client, but they're terrible to their team. I do the reverse. I have clients upset with me all the time because I fired Karen or Carl, but I did that because I know everybody underneath them dislikes them and it's ruining the whole thing. And I'd rather lose the client than lose my ability to scale. Love that. I love that. Now, around this social media conversation, most of our community are small business owners, right? Amazing salespeople. They're having technology conversations every day with their clients and they're thinking to themselves, I don't know social media. Well, I'll, maybe I'll go out and hire some young millennial, go, go to Costco, pick up a foosball table, check the box, bring them in, and they'll put this whole thing together. You've had a lot to say about the millennial generation. What would be your advice in terms of finding this talent and also leading this uh, segment of the population? Look, I think a lot of people in who are bosses worry about entitlement and they should. I understand that. Um, A, to your point, foosball and cereal and summer Fridays is going to get nothing done. Millennials, no different than Gen X or Gen Z or baby boomers for that matter if you really look under the hood, just wanna be heard. I have millennials who unbelievably obsess over work-life balance and are thrilled to make $67,000 a year for the rest of their life because they live a $53,000 a year cost life. And I'm proud of them. I love that they've chosen happiness, self-awareness, and I try to put them in a position to get to 670,000 a year, but because of their work ethic, and because of their drive, and because of other variables, they may just never get there, and that's amazing. I have other millennials who want money more than breathing. Fine by me too. You know, make an impact, do it the right way. I'm not gonna reward you because you landed the client, but again, I said it earlier, Sal and Susan hate you. You're gonna have to do it my way, at least in my company, culture first, people first. But I can't wait to pay you a million dollars a year and, and I, I get so upset when people are like, these millennials. I mean, that is literally, I mean, I don't need to go there. That's like dumping all men into a category or all women or minority. I mean, it's silly. I know ungodly levels of hardworking millennials and I know unlimited lazy baby boomers. So it goes both ways. I think the answer to your question is, how do you recruit and maintain and manage? Doing it one by one. Actually knowing Sal and what drives Sal. And then being mentally prepared that Sal loved work-life balance. I have one I'm thinking of right now. Sal loved work-life balance, fell deeply in love with Susan, which is amazing. They got married. And guess what? Sal cares about money now. You know, because he loves Susan and Susan is really driving him to like want to buy this home in the suburbs of New York. And Sal's really changed this tune and that's great. I'm always prepared as a business owner to ebb and flow, ebb and flow, ebb and flow. I'm a counter puncher by nature and I'm always prepared for every and all conversation. So I, I watched 
my dad is a real interesting proxy for me because he's very different. He's extremely rigid. So if you tell him, if Sal told him at 22 that he just wants work-life balance and at 37, after 15 years, he comes to him and says, hey, I want to raise because now I need some money. He'd be upset. He's like, you told me you like work-life balance. I'm like, dad, you can't hold people to something they said 15 <laughs> years ago. Life changes. And so that, that's how I think about it from a, a two different perspectives in running a business. And that's, that's leadership, right? Addressing everyone on an individual basis, understanding what their individual on a constant uh, basis. motivations are on a constant basis. Yeah. Love that. How, how long have been pe- have people been saying kids these days since the dawn of time? There's probably a, probably a cave on the planet somewhere where cavemen scribbled it on the, on the cave wall. It's unbelievable. Hey, so let's, um, in, in line with scale and maintaining culture, what, what do leaders need to be doing in order to maintain culture as they're experiencing for some hyper growth, right? The business today is wildly different than it was two, three years ago. What are some recommendations you have there? By realizing you're full of crap, if you, if you use growth as a reason you've lost your pulse on culture, it means you've just chosen money over it. That's it. I, you know, I'm going dynamic pause for a reason here. If yeah. you care about culture, then you allocate your time to culture. And so I, for example, leave top line revenue growth and bottom line net profit growth on the table every year because I'm allocating hours per week to HR. You know, you know, it's it, actually I'll use social media as a proxy. Everyone's like, you know with the social dilemma movie, everyone's like, social media is making me, I'm like, social media is a mirror. It's empty. You're inputting. Social media didn't make you that person. You made yourself that person. And that's how I think about what you just asked. You've shown your hand. You care about the cash and you care more about that than you do about the people, which is fine. That's that's, That's the beauty of life. Do you. But it's the easiest thing in the world. Prioritize it. It's like, it's like when people are like, I don't have time to find somebody to marry. You're not prioritizing it. You're prioritizing work, which is amazing. Uh, I don't have time to get into shape. I'm hustling on my business. Are you out of your mind? You're, you know, of course you have time. You're using that as excuse. You're prioritizing work and you're lazy and or disinterested or not prioritizing or whatever it might be to health. Fine, that's your prerogative. But enough with the excuses, let's, can we make, you know, if 2020 taught me anything in this very intriguing year, it's that people love to point fingers on everybody but themselves. Can we make 2021 the year of accountability? Everything wrong in my life and my company is 100% my fault. I genuinely believe that. Love that. Love that. Because it's true. I love when people are like, you know, I, I like lightweight mentoring, nothing official because I'm too busy, but you find friends, you meet people, people that used to work for you. They're like, Gary, you know, my, my art department or my, or my finance department or the repair department or the production, they're really screwing up. Like, what's going on? And he's like, Carl, Carl's a disaster. I'm like, no, no, you're a disaster. You're either not training up Carl or you're not firing Carl. My friends, it's not fun, but it's the truth. Everything that's wrong with your business is 100% your fault. Well, Gary, that's not true. COVID came. Well, you didn't create direct-to-consumer internet dynamics to offset if COVID came. Everything is your actual fault. That's the rules of the game, actually. 
I love it. I love it. Gary, you, you often preach uh, branding over selling. How, how, can, how can you make that a focus while the economy is all over the place right now and so much has changed? By making sure you're selling enough to get by. Right? The question is a good one. It's a practical one. I say branding over selling because branding is the best selling in the world, comma, don't put yourself out of business, right? So like, like I always get word, worried when people hear me talk and I'm like, ugh, like I hope somebody who's not strong-minded and who's not focused on their business and who's a little bit like, who shouldn't be an entrepreneur for that matter, it hears that and like, all right, no more sales team and we're just gonna brand, well, you may be out of business by the time you get your first commercial out, right? So for me, I, what I mean by that is every person here who's got a healthy business, instead of adding one more salesperson if they just added a person internally to produce a podcast or ongoing show, like they need to offset because you know this brother, the majority of people watching right now are too sales focused. Yeah. hundred percent. I see it every day with this space. Everything's like, what's this year? If they're planning, it's this year. Most people are like this week, this month. And I'm like, what about nine years from now? Like if you build reputation, you got something. Yeah. Yeah. Gary, when um, one of our, I think for most entrepreneurs, their favorite conversation often is how much is my business worth, right? Oh yeah, we're for sale, whether it is or it isn't. Everybody loves that conversation, right? And that's the sense of pride, right? That's part of the reason why a lot of people jump into the game. You had mentioned something at the beginning of the conversation around, hey, you're focusing too much on the Rolex, you're focusing too much on the Benz, whatever it might be, right? When is it time, as an, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, when is it time to sell, in your opinion? When you are unhappy or when you need it. You know, there's never a good time to sell a good business. Never. There's yeah. always a good time to sell a business when you've become deeply unhappy or, unfortunately, you've created a scenario in your life where you're at a place where you have to sell the company. But, you know, this, you know, this notion of like perfectly timing it for its maximum value is important. You know, I'm, I'm sure people are thinking like, that's cool, Gary, that's very ideological, but like I have these, Amazon's my new competitor and I'm in deep trouble. Here's the problem. Everybody else knows that too. And Amazon and Tesla and Coca-Cola and all the biggest companies in the world have proven that just because they go into new things doesn't mean they succeed in it. And so I see a lot of people selling too early out of fear because they're trying to time it and they forgot that they just like it. Bro, I love VaynerMedia and like, and like whether it does 200 million a year or 87, I'm up for both of it or eight. I like it. But the second I don't, I'll leave. That's awesome. I love that. I think, I love I that. think people fear, you know what I think people fear? The step back. So many people watching right now are fearful of doing 8.3 and then the next year doing 6.2 without realizing that they should absolutely fire their biggest client who's making them miserable. That's awesome. That's awesome. There right? was, I was listening to that, right? Like how many, how many people are firing somebody that's making them unhappy? Very few. Huge mistake. Huge mistake. I, there, there was a, there was a recent quote that I, I, uh, listened to recently that said, hey, if one of your employees go through your entire team, if one of them were to walk away today, would you fight to keep that person on? And if not, you need to get them out right now, right? Yeah, we tend that. to hold on. We tend to hold on way too that. long. I think about that. I think about yeah. that a lot. 
I think about that a lot. That's awesome. All I care about is continuity. Awesome. Awesome. Well, good deal, man. Um, last, uh, last question for you. What's going to be the score of the Jets Dolphins game on Sunday? I think that one's probably going to be 26 to seven dolphins. I mean, we are in some real, real, real issues these days in New York jets land. I am definitely uh, salty to say the least on where we are at that level. So I, um, that has not been a fun, but usually the jets have been a great escapism for me from my day to day. I think everybody needs their jets, whether that's golf or meditation or rock climbing or, skiing uh, or movies or music, the Jets are my great escapism. It's that cocoon I can go into that really resets all the frustrations and concerns. And actually football really works for me because it's once a week, you know, in a lot of weird ways, it's church, right? It's on Sunday, once a week. And it's really worked for me for the majority of my adult life, um, even though they've been wildly unsuccessful because I love the journey, right? It's kind of funny, full circle. I don't do the Jets for this clearly for the Super Bowls. That's why you have bandwagon fans. There are people out there who wear LeBron James Laker jerseys or Steph Curry, you know, jerseys or Tom Brady Boston jerseys in Kansas. And I they do that because they also need that winner to make them feel like a winner. I'm the reverse. I'm obsessed with the process. So ironically, actually, this is actually wild. I've never really gone this deep with this. The Yankees and Rangers, the New York Rangers, were two of my four favorite teams growing up as a kid. And if you went to high school with me, you would think I was as big of a New York Rangers fan as a Jets fan, 100%. But when they won the cup in 94, the journey was done. And I actually abandoned them. And the Yankees, I got to see Jeter's first title, but I didn't even live the dynasty. Charlie Hayes catches that ball in 96 and I check out. I like the journey. And I think that's what I'm trying to push more people to consider because it keeps you happier because a lot of people get depressed when they realize being a millionaire isn't what makes you happy. And I think that's something for people to really debate. Enjoy the journey and be accountable in 2021. Gary, thank you so much, man. This has been an awesome conversation. I've really enjoyed it. I know our community's better off. Thanks for giving us a little bit of time in your day today. Thank you, everyone. Have a great conference. All right, episode's over. Please leave a review and subscribe up on Apple. It would mean a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to me. Thank you very much. Hey, podcast. Joe from Team Gary here. Today's highlighted review is incredibly valuable content by AgiTX05. The level of value in Gary's podcast is incredible. From marketing, social media, business operations, emerging opportunities, he doesn't hold anything back. Thanks, Gary. Keep those reviews coming. We could highlight yours next.